Welcome to Frisky Tipsy Libertines. This is uh, episode nine. We are actually going to be doing this one face to face. Yeah, uh, we're back in the studio, and uh, I we're about six feet apart, but other than that, so we're five having and a half. we're having consensual, unprotected podcasting right now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, our drink for this episode is a called what is it? Slippery panties. Um, yeah, so I should probably say what the what the topic of the show today is, which is erogenous zones, mapping out the body's pleasure hotspots, and um, nothing will get your panties slipperier. <laughs> I don't think that's a word. Slipperier, <laughs> more slippery than uh, stimulating your erogenous zones. Yeah, so this is a this is a very sweet. Yeah, it's drink. this is a very this is like the dessert cake ice cream. Mm-hmm. It's vanilla, hazelnut, and butterscotch. Yeah. So if you're not really a fan of like sugary drinks, uh, <laughs> I would not recommend this one. But if you like your like your drinks to taste like absolute like dessert cake, then I would say this one's perfect for you. Yeah, yeah, it's like ice cream cookies yeah and there's way not much uh much coloring to it too which is like another weird thing because normally on a show like every drink we make uh usually is like some bizarre crazy ass color this time it's like not really much color it's like there's like a hint of like orange to it thanks to the vanilla vodka that we used <laughs> yeah not the prettiest drink um <laughs> but yeah i'm drinking a cookie but, right now <laughs> It does do its job. Yeah. <laughs> so anyways. Moving on. Uh, yeah, we are going to go over erogenous zones today, which are the areas of the body with highly concentrated nerve endings that can produce a sexual response and sometimes can even produce an orgasm on their own. Uh, hmm. and <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not with everyone. That's yeah, <laughs> I would say so. <laughs> It's pretty uncommon, but yeah, they're just uh, they're areas with heightened sensitivity that can elicit sexual responses. Um, so this is also kind of going to be an episode about foreplay, foreplay and erogenous zones. They kind of go hand in hand a yeah. little bit. Yeah. Um, so yes, foreplay leads to heightened sexual arousal, and many women require adequate foreplay for them to be able to produce lubrication at all. So this is a very important topic. Uh, <laughs> a fun note. Uh, there was a study in the Journal of Sex Research published uh, in 2014. And it showed that foreplay makes for a better orgasm. And what they did was they used thermal imaging to measure the study participants' body temperature uh, while they were 
arousing themselves. They were all masturbating. It was okay. men and women. Uh, while they were arousing themselves slightly before orgasm, during orgasm, and then after orgasm. And they asked the participants to like work themselves up to having an orgasm, but then hold off. So like edge uh, themselves? Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. And it showed that their body temperature would continue to increase like if they would hold off and then go back to it, which led to uh, a more intense and satisfying orgasm right. for, for both parties. However, the body temperatures uh, for men dropped dramatically right after orgasm and with women it took a lot, lot longer. longer for their body temperatures to go back to normal which they said or they speculated that one of the reasons for this could be that uh the more intense of an orgasm a woman has the more her pelvic muscles contract hmm. and so like the heavy contractions would keep the heat in the body going for longer so basically like, there's more going on in the woman's body than the man's body oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes yes there is um when i read that i was like well a lot of women are multi-orgasmic too right. so it's not like <laughs> for most men it's like orgasm well done yep but women are like uh, that was just the first one yeah <laughs> there's more coming today we're gonna go down head to toe pretty much and go through various erogenous zones and how to stimulate said erogenous zones. Interesting. Um, and not every erogenous zone is going to produce an effect for every person. Uh, no. <laughs> what, what is also important is the context in which you are stimulating the person. Um, you know, what might get your partner really hot and primed for an orgasm in the bedroom might also produce a hyena-like guffaw when you're in a room full of people. Yeah. <laughs> 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 because, uh, you know, erogenous zones are full of nerve endings, which, in addition to producing arousal, can also tickle. Right. Uh, <laughs> so you'll find a lot of these areas if you're not already in the mood or aroused will tickle instead of uh or be almost irritating in some aspects yeah yeah and there are some zones that like people just do not like touch no matter right. what state of mind they're in um so psa on communication <laughs> 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 Again, uh, many people are still afraid to ask their partners for what they want in bed. And communication really is the key. I feel like it's because there's still such a stigma. Take a, take a drink. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's a stigma in our society on sex that people aren't used to talking about it. And because they're afraid to, they carry that psychosis into like, the bedroom with them. You're already supposed to know. Like, I think it's like another ego thing. Like People like, oh, I already know. So they don't ask. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah. Well, I've heard that from a lot of women, especially, who are like, well, I'm not going to ask him for things that I want because he should know what he's doing. Because, you know, men are supposed to be these Casanovas that just uh, yeah. automatically know. Master locksmiths. What, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the same things, clearly. Pleasure every single woman. Yeah. No, no. Um, <laughs> yeah, so... If you're afraid to ask for the stimulation that you desire, the only thing you're doing is robbing yourself of a better orgasm. And if your partner judges you for what you want, 
you may want to reevaluate that relationship. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, keep the lines of communication open and you'll have a better orgasm. So as I s- stated earlier, uh, a lot of these areas can tickle. And tickling stimulates nerve fibers that then release endorphins, which get you high and put you in a state of euphoria and can induce laughter, uh, which leads me to, I'm not even going to pronounce this word correctly. (laughs) (laughs) It's uh, nismalagnia with a K. Okay. Uh, And that is the name for the tickling fetish. There are people who like to be tickled or watch somebody else be tickled. And some people can reach orgasm just from being tickled. Interesting. Yeah. (laughs) I didn't know there was, I I always just knew it as tickling fetish. I didn't know there was actually like a scientific Uh, name for it. There's a scientific name for it and it's nismalagnia or (laughs) canismalagnia. I'm assuming it's a silent K since it precedes an N. Right. Tickling is not necessarily a bad thing, depending on who you're with. Uh, but for a lot of people, tickling is kind of a bad thing. Uh, <laughs> or a huge turn off. Yeah. Or has like a negative reaction to it. Yeah. Um, like, I, I'm pretty afraid of being tickled in a sexual context. Because when you're in such a close proximity... I'm afraid that I'm going to like punch him or kick him in the face or, <laughs> or I'm just going to have yeah. like a, a gut reaction that will hurt him. Yeah, the, only t- the only time I tickle my wife is when she's tied down. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think and I even, would even, have to Even be. then it's like, I don't do it very often because you don't want to break that trust because it can, you know, and even still like you can still get knee in the balls. <laughs> <laughs> like um, I don't I don't like being tickled so it's like I <laughs> so I, I don't really generally try to do it to other people because I don't like it so it's not something I want like done to me and in, in, in like retaliation <laughs> yeah. I I have I think it has its place like it can yeah. it can be fun to be tickled but I can only take so much of it before I'm like fucking stop yeah <laughs> But, you know, I say that through hysterical laughter, so it doesn't sound like I'm serious. (laughs) But uh, if you're not trying to tickle your partner, uh, you really want to get them in a relaxed state. And it is important to establish the right mindset before having any sexual activity. Uh, So, you know, first you want to, like, set the mood. uh, And... For a lot of people, sex begins in the mind. Right. Which, <laughs> which some people say is an erogenous zone. I I would not... Uh, I wouldn't categorize the mind as an erogenous zone because it sounds like poke me in the brain. You know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, for many people, sex begins... Begin... Sex begins in the mind. Uh, so, you know, like saying romantic things before you start any sort of stimulation can be a way to segue into into that but let's get right into it all right we're we're gonna go head to toe okay uh so the first erogenous zone i have here is the scalp you can lightly run the fingernails over the scalp starting at the base of the neck moving upwards into the scalp um, and then lightly scratching. Don't dig in. 
don't put your fingernails in, like like really in there, but just use them to lightly scratch around the area. It really stimulates like the hair follicle nerve endings at the base of the skull. Yeah, back when I had a, uh, you know, the back of my head is bald now, but back when I had hair back there, because my hair is like really thick, I loved, that was like a big spot for me, it was like the back of the head, like scalp, like the lower scalp, like right into the back. Yeah. That was a huge spot. Now that I like don't have hair back there, it's not as big of a deal anymore. (laughs) 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 Just doesn't it's like eh, it just doesn't have the feeling same feeling. Yeah. In my experience, people love scalp massages. And that that's a good way to relax people too. Like people I wasn't like even having sex with. Like I would just like massage their scalp and they'd be like, Oh, that feels so good. (laughs) (laughs) So it's a good way to relax people. Next on the list. The eyelids. This is one that I personally eyelids? do not like. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, I get that there's a lot of nerve endings in the eyelids. And, uh, you know, like that French film, Amelie. There's yeah. that scene where he's, like, kissing her eyelids. Uh, that That is not something that I am really into. And okay, I'm always freaked out because of how uh, susceptible the eyes are to infection so if you're going to be doing with the eyelids you need to be very careful of the risks because there are a lot of viral infections that can be spread through the eyes like herpes yeah or uh pink eye i, like I don't know man just conjunctivitis doing anything with the eyes, i just didn't even think about that <laughs> yeah yeah um so you would definitely want to stimulate them early on, you know, not like halfway through the game when you've got like yeah. various other juices. I get to see a lot of stuff going sideways with, <laughs> with, with the eyelids and just eyelashes and yeah. all that. That's, a, that's another one that like y- you would want to stimulate with your lips yeah. or mouth. You don't want to poke somebody in yeah. the eye. <laughs> Um, so that is an erogenous zone okay. in my experience, not a good one, but I don't speak for everyone. Teach their own. Yeah. Um, oh, but here's a fun one. The ears. Yeah. I knew that was going to be on here. Yeah. So there's like the lobes and then there's the ridge above the auditory canal. Uh, so you can lick, you can nibble, you can kiss, you can suck, uh, and soft blowing, don't blow hard <laughs> into the ear. <laughs> that is not only irritating, but can cause damage to the eardrum. So don't do not do that. <laughs> um, also, yeah, like whispering into the ear, yeah. especially dirty talk. Yes. That, that, that is a, a huge lot. turn on. Very, very Lobe, stimulating. Since, since I gauged, because I have like gauged ears, um, or since I started gauging my ears, uh, past like zeros, like lobes don't do shit for me because I have like no <laughs> no feeling. Because <laughs> half of them are gone. Yeah, half, half the flesh is gone. So um, it's just like now it's just like, like I I don't know. It just don't. It just doesn't do anything for me now. So uh-huh. top ears, yes, but like the lobe doesn't do shit. Like because I don't have much of a lobe left. Yeah. Well, I also think that's because there's a lot more nerve end- yeah. endings in the ridge than there are the lobes. Because I have the same thing. Like the the earlobes. I mean, sure, suck on them, fine. It, yeah. it doesn't do much. But like going up the ridge of the ear, 
makes me go crazy. Or like for me, it's like right behind the ear, kind of like we're like almost like the, like the back of the oh, head. Oh yeah, the ear. sensitive yeah, skin that, behind the ear too. Like that, or the, like where like you're almost touching the back of the head and like going the ear. Like, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Um, so the ears are connected to the vagus nerve, or the vagus nerve. <laughs> Again, you know I don't. When we come I don't to, like, know how to pronounce these. Uh, <laughs> I feel like when it comes, like we go over a lot of like medical and like scientific terms, and we just butcher the shit out. Of them. Yeah, yeah, so. I do. I do a lot of independent studies. Like I have textbooks on human sexuality and physiology and anatomy, but it's like independent study. So like, there's nobody telling me how those words are <laughs> are pronounced. So I apologize if I butcher these words. A lot. Um. The, the vagus vagus nerve. Um, and that's the uh, bundle of nerves that travels down the skull to the heart, to the nipples, and then to the genitals. So uh, hmm. this is the same nerve that is heavily involved in the female orgasm specifically. Uh, yeah. And the ears, uh, I just love them. They're, right. they're probably one of my favorites. Uh, I remember one time I almost, almost had an orgasm just from having my ears bitten. Yeah, it was crazy. Uh, <laughs> which was not something that I expected to happen. Uh, I was at a party. I didn't really know the guy. <laughs> All right. We were in a room full of people hanging out, and like a mutual friend introduced me to him. Because um, I said something about, like, I really like having my ears bitten. And he's like, uh, okay. Oh. You should talk to this guy because this <laughs> this guy was bi and he had been with this other guy. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, I'm like, all right, go for it. And then I could like feel myself lifting off of the couch, <laughs> like you know that sort of like yeah. euphoric, like I am floating. And if he had kept going for like two more seconds, I would have come in my pants on the couch. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, uh, the power of erogenous zones, people. If you haven't tried these, I encourage you to go home and do so. <laughs> All right, so you did scalp, ears. Where's the next zone? Uh, well, this is a pretty common one. The lips and the mouth. You skipped one. Did I? Yeah, if you're going by from head to toe, there's the nose. The nose? Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, I saw your, your nose Yeah, I did, I did a little bit of research into this. Apparently, the, the nose cartilage. is like, because like the cartilage is made from like the same material that like a like a hard penis, <laughs> a red penis is made out of as well. The spongy material. Yeah, so yeah. it's, um, so apparently there's a lot of nerve endings in the nose. So some people really enjoy like their nose like being played with or whatever. And even Sigmund Freud. I thought like sexuality came from like uh, like the um like basically horniness came from like the nose. <laughs> <laughs> horniness comes from the nose. And then of course people were like back in like the day were killing rhinos for the horns. It's kind of the same thing, thinking that like um yeah, like the rhino horn and different animals like noses and stuff were were held as trophies and was used in like different aphrodisiacs. Yeah, I know people that thought, they, like, used, the nose, they used they like, used to grind them up to yeah, make like uh, Viagra yeah. that didn't really work. But <laughs> yeah, because like there was this big belief that like the nose was like this big rhinozone. Yeah. Uh, so. <laughs> 
So, I mean, yeah, there's the nose. It's <laughs> it's never done much no. for me. Which no. <laughs> <laughs> that reminded me. Uh, there was this guy uh, back when I was working as a cashier like 10 years ago. There was this guy that came to check out at my register and he pointed to my nose ring and he goes did you get that done for sexual purposes (laughs) 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 yes and of course i was like no it was just for fashion please keep moving um (laughs) but it, it really got me thinking like what what sexual purpose would a would a nose, nose ring, ring. Ho- like is like the penis going up my nose in this scenario <laughs> or am i like using the nose ring to like nuzzle the penis or like i, I don't know i have my septum pierced and i can tell you much like it doesn't do anything <laughs> like how? I, it doesn't it doesn't doesn't like offer me anything in a sexual way whatsoever how, so how could you use an, a nose ring in a sexual way but apparently it occurred to this gentleman so maybe there's like a world of nose sex that i'm missing out on out there uh, <laughs> <laughs> i don't feel like i'm missing much there <laughs> if i uh, went home to my husband tonight and i was like i want to experiment with nose sex <laughs> i think he would probably just like fall over <laughs> <laughs> like what the hell did you guys talk about tonight? What does this entail? <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, moving on to the mouth moving and lips. Moving on to the mouth and lips. Yeah, so that's pretty self-explanatory. Licking, biting, kissing, French kissing. Well, there's, uh, there's a ton of nerves all around like the whole area, so Yes, and uh swapping saliva you're actually exchanging your dna with that person which uh your mind's receptors pick up on so it actually tells that person a lot more than you could actually consciously tell them about yourself like as far as your body chemistry goes interesting yeah like it's the same way that we pick up like pheromones Mm. like where people will like smell good to us if we are genetically compatible right so, yeah, the next uh, erogenous sound, another big one for me, the neck. I think that's a big one for a lot of people. I think the yeah. neck is one of the most common, has to be one of the most common of all the erogenous sounds. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Hickey from Kanicki's like a Hallmark card. <laughs> uh, yeah, so you can lick, kiss, suck it, stroke it lightly with your fingers. Um, if you bite it, it should be light. Um, cause you know, you've got a lot of important stuff in your neck, you know, like your jugular vein and your car- <laughs> carotid artery, and those can be damaged if you get too rough. And, uh, yeah, never bite the front of the neck. We're, <laughs> we're yeah. talking more of the side of the neck. Yes. <laughs> you, know, you don't want to as- asphyxiate, blah. you don't want to asphyxiate the person or cut off their air supply. Um, right. <laughs> but I'd say the neck is one of the more common ones. I mean, that has to be like for a lot of people. There's a lot of nerve endings there. Yeah. Yeah. Specifically, like, if somebody comes up behind me and just, like, kisses the side of my neck under my ear, like, I have trouble standing up after that. <laughs> 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 that one definitely gets to me. I always, um, 
if I haven't shaved, I always fuck with my wife. Because, like, her uh, neck's, like, super sensitive. So I'll, like, come up and just rub my face against her neck. And she <laughs> hates it because, like, I'm all scruffy. Steel wool. <laughs> it's not, like, Sexy. The, it's, not, it's not the, like, soft facial hair. It's, like, the one that's, like, you know, the five o'clock <laughs> shadow. So it's, like, a little rough. <laughs> Wash your pots and pans with that. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> the next one, uh, the armpits. Yeah. They're yeah, they're very sensitive and ticklish. Uh, it's not personally an erogenous zone that I pay much attention to. Did have one guy who was like super into armpits though, so I kind of okay, had, had to get over that. What do you mean by super into armpits? <laughs> that was like his thing. Like he wanted like tickle you, or like that was like uh, a sensational thing, or he just really liked armpits as armpit like he was always like he always wanted to like smell my armpits and he would want to like lick them <laughs> all right i mean teach your own which, i guess I mean, yes which was not something that i was used to but i was like okay if this is your thing sure yeah all right go go for it but i i really had to like train myself like not to uh, <laughs> have an nah. adverse reaction to that uh, generally, like the armpits for me is like a completely like no area. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty yeah. ticklish, so like if any, I hate, I just hate my armpits being touched. Like it's, just, it's not an area that I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is a off zone for me. It's like <laughs> yeah, it's not one of the ones that I enjoy either. But uh, as I've experienced, some people. Super into armpits. Yeah. So uh, that might be an erogenous zone that some of our listeners enjoy. Right. <laughs> and here at the Frisky Tipsy Libertines, we harbor a judgment-free zone. <laughs> <laughs> you are if, if allowed you, to like what you if like. If armpits get you off, go go for it. Have at you it. You get those pits. Go on with your bad self. That's right. Uh, so next on the list, we have the nipples slash chest yeah. area. I've kind of lumped those into one. Um, you know, not just not just on the lady side. Oh, men, yeah. men like to have their chests and nipples played with as well. Um, however, I will say on uh, women's breasts, they are much like men's penises in that. <laughs> the larger ones may require more stimulation than the smaller ones right? because they have the same number of nerve endings in them, but a larger surface area to work with. So that's, um, that's a common thing among men who are less than well endowed is that usually men with smaller penises ejaculate sooner because they have the same number of nerve endings and a smaller surface area to work with. Wow, that's, that's like a, a double whammy. <laughs> I know, I know. It's it's kind of unfortunate. Um, I mean, you work with what you got. But, uh, yeah, listening to a lot of porn interviews, I, <laughs> <laughs> I learned that. Because um, they were talking about, like, why uh, they always get, like, men with humongous penises in porn. And that's, like, one of the reasons longer. is that usually... 
you know, there are always Not exceptions, all, no. but usually the men with the smaller penises will ejaculate sooner because they have the same yeah. number of nerve endings. But I mean, like in porn, like pretty much like all porn stars use Viagra anyway. <laughs> yeah. Well, oh, but the the other reason they get men with large penises is because the way porn is shot, it's not really like the way you would usually have sex. So <laughs> like, obviously, yeah. Um, so like the camera needs to show the action, which like, if you're in there, the camera's not seeing anything the, yeah. cause you're right up against it. So you really need a man with a penis large enough to be simultaneously inside and outside of the, uh, designated area <laughs> for the camera. to Makes sense. Out. But enough about just, porn just, stars, just, large penises. <laughs> just, just another a uh, whole other thing that like you know, porn has like blown out of proportions. <laughs> Every guy has like a thirteen-inch dick. <laughs> yeah, I just saw a scene with Mandingo the other day. Have you seen Mandingo? I don't have seen Mandingo. Oh well, there's something for you to Google. Who is uh, Mandingo? He is ridiculous. Ridiculous. I hope this doesn't get like uh, viruses on my com- my computer. It might. <laughs> it might. Mandingo is by far the largest penis I have ever seen. Holy shit! Yeah, that is. That not, looks photoshopped. That's not. <laughs> <laughs> like that looks fucking photoshopped. <laughs> that's ridiculous. Yeah. Well, you're welcome for that. Uh. <laughs> Hold on, I, I want to know like this is crazy. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> There's actually forms about this guy and just you're his just, penis. You're <laughs> just gonna be looking up Mandingo for like three days straight. <laughs> I'm just like, this is this is funny. It's like, it's like holy shit. Um, it's over 12 inches. Wow. Yeah. I saw a, I saw a scene with him and Riley Reed, who if you've never seen Riley Reed, she is a very tiny woman. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I was just thinking, like, what if you just showed up to work? Like, if you were a porn star, it's your job. You just show up to work. You're like, just another day at work. And then like, oh, your partner you is this see guy. Who you're <laughs> working with, and you're like, huh. <laughs> <laughs> I would imagine people who work mm. with them probably are like. I would hope they're probably informed beforehand. Yeah, they need like 24 hours to prep for yeah. that. Jesus. But anyways, it's like the the porn that like people take like tw- like two foot strap ons. Have you seen that shit? Uh. Yeah. What? This is this is like there's like lesbian porn and also like pegging porn where guys and girls have taken like those three foot like the American Challenge dildos. <laughs> how the fuck i would i would have to consult a physician beforehand to be like is this really safe or am i going to, to die, die. <laughs> <laughs> because i like sexual pleasure i don't want to die <laughs> what well, if you ever like if you're bored a really fun thing to do is like like cruise like porn sites but not actually do it like when you're horny so you can just find like the weirdest shit on there because you'll just be like wow what the fuck 
Because yeah. like when you're not when you're, you know when you're looking for porn, like get off on you're kind of like fogged and you're just like yeah, and it, like you're whatever you're in the moment. But if you're like on porn sites and not looking at it from a porn perspective, like I want to get off. Or you're just watching. There's some really weird shit on there. <laughs> I do that all the, the time. time. Yeah. So all the time. Uh, like, fuck, <laughs> fuck like browsing YouTube when you're bored. Like browse like Pornhub and just go into like the weirdest sections they have. See what you can find. Uh, by the way, b- did you hear Pornhub Premium is like free for everybody now? <laughs> is it really? Yeah, because of quarantine, uh, they're like happy masturbation. Premium's free for everybody. I saw some of those ads and I was like, I don't, I don't trust any porn ads. Ever. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I just like, nope, don't care. Yeah. That's a thing. So I've actually been going back and watching like movies, like full length. <laughs> There's a lot movies. of old stuff on there. Yeah, and you know I like the classics. So anything with John Leslie. I, I, I still want to do a musical porn episode. We will. <laughs> There's we so will. much of it out there. <laughs> That will be my specialty episode. <laughs> so anyway, moving on. Uh, well, n- we're not. We, <laughs> we were talking about nipples. We haven't even really covered <laughs> yeah, this one. We were talking one. about nipples. Okay. We were talking about the chest and the nipples. Okay, back to um, nipples and chest before we got <clears> into <throat> what's his face is so gigantic cock. <laughs> Sometimes Mandingo's giant cock just comes into the middle of our conversation. Uh, anywho, uh, in- <laughs> intense stimulation of the nipples can produce a boost in oxytocin and prolactin in some people, and it can even produce an orgasm on its own. So there's an estimated uh, 1 to 15% of people can have an orgasm exclusively from nipple play. Interesting. Yeah. And uh, even if it doesn't... <laughs> Even if it doesn't produce an orgasm, studies have shown that it increases arousal 82% in women and 52% in men. So, uh, I mean, that's a pretty hot spot. for. I mean, generally, with even for me and my personal experience, like for myself, generally, if there's foreplay, if we're doing foreplay, usually nipples are involved. Either mine or theirs. Like, yeah. <laughs> like... It's, it's a pretty common uh, <laughs> <laughs> and it, thing to include. It is it is fairly common, but not to be overlooked. No. I feel like people should pay more attention to that area. Um, not not my husband, because he knows. And, <laughs> <laughs> and if he doesn't do it automatically, I shout at him, too. So <laughs> 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 not surprised <laughs> so yeah nipples you can stimulate them by uh, massaging them with your hands mouth licking sucking uh lightly biting some people like uh, but bear in mind for women nipple sensitivity can vary greatly during their menstrual cycles and during pregnancy yeah. so be sure to communicate with your partner to make sure that you're not going to like make them pass out from pain for something that they would Usually, uh, <laughs> usually be game for. I would say during pregnancy, like you have to kind of like to re-talk about everything. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's a, a lot going on there. Like that's a whole thing on its own. It's wrecking uh, that body. So there's all kinds <laughs> of shit that's happening. <laughs> I think wrecking might not be the best word to use, but, uh, recalibrating. <laughs> I would say recap <laughs> 
<laughs> on yeah. your hormones, on everything. That too. And organs that and things are getting shifted around and moved out of place and Oh, uh, good times, good times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Talking to my husband about that, like this would be the worst time ever to get pregnant. Like any of you out there listening, if you are pregnant currently, you have my sympathy because I imagine during quarantine, uh, everything will be exacerbated yeah. and like all of all of the like positive stuff that comes with a pregnancy like all the parties and stuff like you can't freaking can't freaking have that <laughs> like come on like i'm putting my body through hell at least give me these parties <laughs> <laughs> oh it's just gotta it's gotta be terrible and then like you can't you know, send your partner to the store every five minutes to go get you ice cream and stuff because you're supposed to be, you know, limiting exposure. And then the store is always a pain in the ass. And yeah, <laughs> not everything's instant anymore. <sighs> so moving on, uh, <laughs> let's not dwell on that. So nipples, <sighs> nipples. nipples. Yeah, that was nipples. Um, in the chest. Uh, so the next erogenous zone I have is the inner arms. So opposite your elbow. Uh, this like the forearms, like kind of like your the, yeah, leg. like this crook in your arm where the skin is very or your arm thin. Bends. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that that gives really easy access to the nerve endings, and it can be stimulated manually or orally. Uh, I remember this spot from a really fun game we used to play in high school i don't know if you ever did this <laughs> i don't know <laughs> i'm afraid where this is going you never you never played this fun sex game in high school <laughs> it wasn't even like a sex thing it was like uh someone would tell you to close your eyes and you'd hold your arm out in front of you and then they'd take their finger and run it up your oh, arm yeah. and you're supposed to guess like when they're in the middle of your arm you usually can't do it but it is kind of arousing. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> oh. not not many really guys were running around high school doing that. So, <laughs> <laughs> no. uh, well, I was kind of like a like a theater nerd. Yeah, and the theater people are very sexually oriented. <laughs> if right. you weren't already aware of this, so we used to play all kinds of weird sex games. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> In high school, of course, we we didn't acknowledge or call them sex games. <laughs> <laughs> Later on, you're like, oh yeah, I remember, <laughs> I remember this. That's also a good area for like toys, for like sensation toys too. Um, feathers, um, the Wurtenberg wheel, um, which is like the little like spur that spins around. And it kind of like pointy, like that whole area, like your that like crevice the in your back arm. Back of a cowboy's boot on a stick. Yep. <laughs> Essentially, yeah. Um, like for the forearm area, like that, like to me, it yeah, it feels great. <laughs> yeah, um, I have a Wartenberg wheel that I like never use, uh, but I remember when I got it, that was like the first thing I did was like yeah, run it yeah, up it's like the my first thing you do is like you test up it, the inside like, of my arm. Out, yeah. 
Um, if I if we get like a new flog or anything, the first place I test it is like right here on my like my forearm. <laughs> like it's like because it's like a really sensitive area, but yeah. you can it's good for impact play. So it's a good way for me to measure like how something's gonna feel if I hit it like right there on my forearm. So that's why you, that's why you test uh baby bottles there, the temperature yep. mm-hmm. of them, make sure it's not too high. It's a very sensitive area, so all kinds of fun things can be done with that. So uh. The palms of the hands and the fingertips. You can either give somebody like a hand massage, which yeah. is kind of relaxing, which you don't want to focus on the bony area. <laughs> it's the same with foot massages. Like you don't want to yeah. go on the top of it. You kind of want to like the meteor, need the meteor part, need the padding yeah. in it. Uh, it can be very relaxing. And then some people just like to have their fingertips like sucked on so, or licked or bitten. It's weird for, for, for me, like doing anything with my fingers does absolutely nothing for me like, at all. Nothing. Nothing. Like you get my fingers sucked on even the most like sensual way. I'm like, okay, it's hot watching you do that. But, <laughs> like for as far as sensation goes, I get nothing out of it. I'm like, eh, yeah. I don't like have, I have all my fingers are calloused from either oh, working or thanks. from playing music. So my finger, my skin on my hands are pretty rough. So like it doesn't do much for me at all. I'm just like, okay, cool, whatever. Let's move on to something else. Like, yeah, that's probably why. Cause the nerve endings are usually concentrated in the fingertips. Yeah. I have like no, so I have no sensation in my fingers whatsoever. Then you're probably not <laughs> but feeling playing guitar for almost like 15 years. So it's like, I have, my fingertips are dead. <laughs> so like for but me, hey, but Hey, yeah, it's still hot watching a girl yes. suck on so, your finger. Like she's giving you oral sex. So on like your the, hand. the visual aspect <laughs> of it is like hot and appealing. It's like, cool. But it's like, I just does not need to go longer, much longer at all, because <laughs> I'm not getting anything out of it. <laughs> You're putting all this time and effort in something that does absolutely nothing. And like everybody I've ever been with, like that's like usually the first thing they try to go for is like, oh yeah, I'm trying to be all like all sexy and stuff. And I'm like, I, I'm literally dead at my fingertips. I can't feel shit. Like, can we try something else? <laughs> Maybe they're just trying to show you their oral technique. Right. Like, this is what I have in store for cool. you. Should I, I, things I know that's, progress? I, I know that's where like. <laughs> I understand like the idea, but it's just like I have literally like dead fingertips. I'm just like, uh, this it's it's does absolutely nothing. <laughs> dead fingertips. <laughs> um, from yeah, I mean, I've burned myself with soldering irons. I've you know cut myself on guitar strings and all kinds of shit. I just, my my fingertips mm-hmm. are just like, eh, like they're all calloused. All my fingers are calloused. So it's like. <laughs> I was just telling you on the way here uh, that uh, I, I yeah, burned the fuck out of my thumb because I was a dumbass and I grabbed a hot pan fresh out of the oven, um, which it's not like I I was wearing an oven mitt on one hand to get it out of the oven and then I put it up on the stove and then I was like, oh, I should push that closer in. And then I did it with my other hand, like with my yeah. thumb, like, oh, that was a mistake. Um, and now I can't feel it. I can't <laughs> feel it, which is kind of good. Like, it doesn't feel bad because it numb. was burned. But uh, like, yeah, it's just numb. Like all <laughs> the nerve endings in my thumb are dead now. All right. So that was fingers and palms. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the next one is the sides of the torsos. 
can move your fingernails down the side of the torso. That gets people crazy sometimes. Like, like on the ribs and stuff? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, just like down. Yeah. You can't see people that are listening to this. Can't no. see where I'm motioning. No. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, like down to the hips, sort of, side of the torso. Uh, and then that can also lead to uh, <laughs> what I call the V-spot, but... Uh, anatomically what is not the v-spot but okay. <laughs> i always call this the v-spot um specifically like for men oh we're uh, talking about part where like like the we're you, by you and i are both making hand yeah, scissors yeah, right now the v-spot the v like because the hips, like like come in like they kind of like, make a v that leads down into the penis but like that v shape that yeah. that it makes is full of nerve endings that are very ticklish that normally people who are either super skinny or buff generally have that more pronounced. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's not, uh, it's not as apparent in people who are overweight or, or a little chubbier, but, um, or dad bobs. <laughs> dad bod, man, we need to make mom bod a thing. Like I like wine and pasta too. <laughs> Can that be okay? <laughs> I, I think I think like when it comes to like uh, like open about body image and stuff like that I think now like people are becoming a lot more acceptable to it than you know I would say definitely in the nineties and in the early two thousands even. Uh, I yeah like the nineties and early two thousands it was all like size zero yeah. models everywhere like the heroin chick thing was like in style and stuff so i think now it's like hey it's okay to like love yourself no matter <laughs> like what size you are and i think and that's also kind of like representation in society and even in porn too because like mm, kind of kind of maybe i mean not like mainstream they, but they still have like categorically like there's bbw porn yeah. and then like a lot of the mainstream porn is still like really skinny women. I feel like they exclude a lot of women that are in between those yeah. those shapes. <laughs> or they'll be like 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 BBW or Chubby and it's like she's like fucking anorexic. Like why <laughs> why is this like in like you want to have like mental health and like like setting a standard like this is fucked up. <laughs> but you know you know where I, I think those women um are put in porn is the milf porn. Yeah. If like, if you're not a BBW and you're not really skinny, then they're like, you're a milf. Cause you yeah. have the body or of a mom. Or <laughs> yeah. I could see that too. Yeah. Uh, I don't even know if I remember. Well, I was talking about the V spot. That's yeah. what I was talking about. <laughs> yeah. So we, the, keep talking, we keep going back to porn <laughs> in this episode. <laughs> well, um, You've probably heard Pornhub has free premium right now. <laughs> I've been watching a lot more of Gee, it. Gee, it's almost like, like we're like... We're in quarantine. Yeah. There's a lot of time. I like porn. I know I know. Like the porn sites are like getting like huge hit numbers during all of this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there's a strip... This is a wonderful time. There's a strip the, club in Texas that now has a drive-thru. There's a, a drive-thru, drive-thru strip club in Texas because of like trying to like 
like do like the quarantine like social distancing thing so you just drive your car through and you can like the woman like dance like in front of the window <laughs> you have to get your car that's, that's like some idiocracy <laughs> shit like you want a latte and a hand job <laughs> I, whatever i mean whatever works whatever works for everybody drive I guess. through strip clubs. clubs we're in the future yeah we are in the future now um so into the V spot, you're talking about like into the V spot, yeah. Um, so well, I don't know what that actually is called, but like that the hip thing, yeah, whatever that. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't, I don't really know the technical term for it. Um, the uh, the lower v- abdomen like area, yeah, kind of like where the groin meets the abdomen, like kind of like yeah, um, yeah. But that is a really fun area to stimulate, especially if you're like teasing your partner like if you're gonna give them moral sex you want to like trail down that line and then back up that line again then go over to the other side do the same thing works every time Uh, (laughs) (laughs) drives them crazy also the lower back is another erogenous zone um which i i read in a some massage manual because I'm also into massage, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I read in some manual that a lot of people keep sexual tension in their lower back, like right at the base of the spine, uh-huh. which you don't want to go like directly into the spine. You always want to stay to one or the other side of the spine. Uh, yeah, but that's just a nice area to touch. Like even if you're not having sex or something, even if you're not having sex, to have somebody like put their hand yeah. on your lower back, it just feels very comforting. I have a lot of uh, back issues, so like to me, like the lower back, I always enjoy having it like rubbed or massaged. Or I have my shoulders uh, are fucked up, so like for me, like my shoulders are a big zone for me. Like I love my shoulders being rubbed and shit like that because I, my shoulders, especially my left shoulder, is really jacked up. So. Yeah. I broke my clavicle twice. So. Oh no. Yeah, so like um like I have a lot of pain in my left shoulder a lot of times. So for me, like any type of like massage in my left shoulder is like ah. <laughs> <laughs> And we both have sciatica. Yeah, we both have so. sciatica issues too. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, uh we both enjoy the lower back yes. massages. Uh and then I like the shoulder massages too, but my reasoning for that is that I spend a lot of time hunched over a computer. Yeah. And that can put a lot of pressure on your on your shoulders and your neck. Uh, yeah, massaging. It's <laughs> another thing we should have an episode on. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> moving on, uh, there is the navel. Oh, yeah. The navel, um, and then the area directly below the navel leading to the groin, which is, you know, like not quite the V spot, but right. like all the area in the middle of the V spot. Um, and that, that's usually more for women, like which one? Not the, necessarily. The um, no, the area like directly below the navel oh, yeah. leading to the groin, because that's like kind of the pelvic floor yeah. in there. Uh, but yet there's another fetish for yeah for uh, belly button. The navel. It's alvinophilia. Yeah, I think you said that wrong, right? 
Alvinophilia is the fetish in which a person is attracted to the navel, which is actually quite prevalent. It was the second most popular search for fetish on Google in like 2012 because huh. they they archive this shit. Yeah, no shit. They follow everybody what they're like into and stuff like that. So, but in 2012, it was the second most popular search for fetish huh. on Google. So apparently, it is quite prevalent and it just makes me think of like body shots <laughs> yeah <laughs> we're like everybody wants to do like tequila shots out of like some teeny bopper's yeah, navel yeah. <laughs> um actually the, the navel is also one of the highest hot spots for bacteria mm. you can have like a rainforest size like little microcosm of like bacteria living inside your navel yeah <laughs> yeah it's like so if you're going to do like navel play, definitely make sure it's clean. <laughs> yeah, navels are kind of, they're kind of gross. They can collect a <laughs> lot of bacteria, a lot of dirt, a lot of sweat, grime, and shit can get in there. Yeah, you're going to keep that area clean. Yeah. Uh, so I had my navel pierced a while ago, and then my body just kind of rejected it. Like... It just got like closer and closer, closer to, to the, the surface edge, yeah. of the skin. Then I'm like, well, this is just going to rip out. Did, so, did it do anything for you? The navel piercing? Mm, not really. Like a- but honestly, I did not go to the best place to get it uh. done. I was like just 18. And uh, it was just like one of those like corner store tattoo shops, yeah. sort of. So. I'm skeptical that they like actually did it correctly, correctly. and that might be why it got rejected. Uh, yeah, but like once it got like so close to the to the edge of the skin, I just took it out. For a while, I was in denial, and I was like, "No, I'll just wear eyebrow rings." It's like, so I had like little eyebrow it's like fucking <laughs> rings like that I would Joe wear. Exotic here going on, like hanging on for dear life by like a little bit of a skin tag or something. I know. So like eventually, I just like took it out, but like it's still pierced. Like it never closed up. Oh. Um, and then occasionally, like I'll just get one of those eyebrow rings and like feed it through to make sure that like the area is clean because huh. yeah. Bacteria yeah. <laughs> does pile up there. That just made that area sound really not sexy. But, um, <laughs> but clean your navels. Yes. And uh, some people go crazy when you stick your tongue in them. Uh, <laughs> All right. That's the thing. What's next on your list? Uh, so the next thing on my list, I am just like totally going to gonna skip over because it's the genitals slash yeah, ass and like, those are like so common we're like, gonna do entire episodes yeah. on those like I if mean, you if you're not quite sure how to stimulate those <laughs> areas you you're gonna need a lot more help than what we're able to provide yeah. <laughs> in, the, in a two minute there's overview nothing, there's nothing but like sensitive nerve endings on both those on on both of that for all parties so yeah yeah the genitals and the ass and also like since this episode is kind of more like foreplay based yeah we're kind of coming from the uh the position of don't go straight for the genitals. Yeah. Pay attention to Not the other yeah. areas. Go, go around like, those. Yeah. You, you already know you want to end up at those areas. Right. Pay attention to some other ones on the way. Yeah, I would definitely say that those two are like, th- those are, to, to me, it's not even a rock in the zone. Those are just like, that's the end game. 
<laughs> so. yeah. though, though I will make one note of a commonly overlooked area down there, which is the perennium. Yes. It's an erogenous I was hoping zone. we were going to talk about that. So, yeah, that is connected to the pudendal nerve, which what that nerve does is it carries sensations back and forth throughout the network of nerves that is all around yeah. down there. So uh, it can be a very powerful area to stimulate. And yes. uh, the best way to stimulate the perineum is actually with your knuckle. Not necessarily. We talked about this briefly on one of the past episodes. I forget which one it was. We talked about this though. But yeah, you kind of just like move your hand in kind of like a screwing, like a back and forth kind of motion around the uh, perineum. Which again, this is a very sensitive area. So feels uh, amazing if (laughs) someone like it. (laughs) Some people, some people really don't like it. Yeah. But, uh, again, that's something you need to communicate with your partner. And a lot of people really do like it. And it's just like an overlooked, vastly overlooked area. I, I enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's plenty of reason yeah. to but enjoy it. I don't like the knuckle aspect, though. No. Like what that, what do you prefer? Like a vibrator? or uh, Just more like a soft, gentle touch. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm gentle. Yeah. yeah. It's like a gentle massage or a rub or like I said, like um you know, I've got I've had licked before. Yeah, those those all feel great. But like I I understand the aspect of using a knuckle, but to me it's like they're the rougher aspect of it. Like it's too sensitive for me. Mm. Well, so that was another thing that I didn't really explain was that <laughs> was the Pressure sensitivity for people varies a lot. Yeah. So in order to gauge what kind of pressure they like, it's easier to measure that from the knuckle because you can start light and then like give more and more pressure and right. just see like when they start backing away from you, like, oh, that was too much. <laughs> so we talked a lot about keeping an open dialogue and open communication. But I will say there's also a lot of nonverbal cues that you can pick up oh, on yeah. in the bedroom where like, if you're doing something to someone and they are trying to back away from you, like get away from whatever you're doing, that's usually a cue. They don't like that. Maybe don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> 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 like, you don't have to necessarily yell like, no, don't do that. Stop every time. But uh, yeah, if you're giving someone nonverbal cues like moving away and then they don't, that's when you can be like, yeah. no, stop, stop, do something else. <laughs> <laughs> Although specifics always help. Instead of just saying do something else, just stop. be like, suck my nipples. Yeah. <laughs> or like, hey, that sucks. Do something here's, else. Here's a task for you. <laughs> So where's next? The inner thighs. So strippers know this one. Um, <laughs> I don't know about you or how many strip clubs you've been to. None. None? You've None. never been no to one, a strip and club? And no one believes me. They're like, but you've never been to one? I'm like, nope, never been to one. I was you talking, just don't I, like them? Or? I was talking to my friend about this the other day because she was like, oh, I go to, I used to go to them all the time. Like, like yeah, because your experience with going to a strip club because you're a girl would be a lot different than like most guys. <laughs> that is true. true. And, um, uh, because 
strippers, like well, female strippers anyways. Well, generally gravitate towards females because it's just some, there's something different or it could, it's... Uh, yeah, well, I've, I've got a couple theories on this, which are probably true. I've got <laughs> <laughs> a couple theories on this, which is one, um, a lot of strippers become lesbians because they... Uh, yeah. <laughs> they get treated like shit from a lot of yeah. the male clients and it kind of turns them off of men. So a lot of female strippers are lesbians. So they like women more. And the second point is men traditionally love heterosexual men anyways, girl on girl action. Right. So if you are a female stripper and you gravitate to another female, you're going to get a lot more attention from those male patrons who are so, enjoying what they're seeing. I have never been the one. Uh, when I was in my early twenties around the time when I probably should have been going to them, I was broke as shit. <laughs> so it's like, why like I'd rather just sit at home and just drink beer and jerk off and watch porn. (laughs) (laughs) And then as I got older, I was like, I have no interest in this now. It's like, I I don't care. It's like, like my friends would always go, I used to live right next door to a strip club and my friends would always go, they're like, how much you want to go, man? I'm like, dude, I'm like, I don't care. It just does nothing for me. And it's like, like, I don't want to sit the next, some, old ass dude who's just enjoying it because his life sucks and he wants to go and watch like hot girls dance or whatever like that. Or, <laughs> or it's like every time like I've had the offer, it's just been, it's, it's never been appealing to me. I'm just like, yeah, yeah, it doesn't, this doesn't do anything for me. Oh. It's like, I've had a ton I, of I, fun I, experiences. I've known strippers. I've been friends with strippers and it's just like, I, I just don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I also view it as a performance art, which yeah. I think you should. You know, like I get no, that probably probably seventy percent of the people who are coming in there are just like titties. You know, like <laughs> well, it also didn't help. The, 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 They're not looking for an art form. It also didn't help that, like, when I used to live right next to a strip club, like I'd hear gunshots at least once a week from that place. So it's like that. That didn't also it, like that was not an inviting. <laughs> seen either <laughs> yeah uh, vegas kind of ruined regular strip clubs i would totally go, no, i would go to a strip club in vegas i would totally go to a strip club in vegas but yeah go, going one here in like where we are like uh, it just doesn't do anything vegas uh is great for a stripper i mean like obviously right. like that <laughs> it seems obvious uh yeah the best strippers in the world are like in vegas they're gorgeous they know what they're doing they're real people pleasers they have nice attitudes whereas like if you go to like strip clubs in the midwest you're gonna get like track marks and uh um, i have a really unfriendly people i have a close friend he was a uh he was the kitchen manager for a strip club for three years and I'll, I'll tell you about, I'll tell you who it was later on. But uh, he would talk about how like girls would come in early for their shift to get food and like offer him head to get free food because they spent all their money on cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> well, if, is, on, if they're is, on cocaine, where did the appetite come from? <laughs> yeah. So they're like, hey man, I'll suck your dick for a cheeseburger. And he's like, 
I'll just make you a fucking cheeseburger if you please, haven't eaten. Like, <laughs> please just eat this. Cheeseburger. It's like it's like if you need food, I'll make you some food. Like here, here's some food. Like you don't need to. Like, <laughs> oh. It was also a mob-owned uh, uh, establishment as well, too. So <laughs> there's that. That's sad. So there's so there's just a lot of like things with me and strip clubs. I'm just like I don't care. Like it just doesn't do anything for yeah. me. I can see that because I, I feel like if you're going to go into that line of work uh, in the adult industry, you should go because it's something that you want to do and you think is fun. Not because you're desperate for rent money because then it's just sad and you're not going to perform as well. Um, so, yeah, go to Vegas. <laughs> we'll go. We'll go to Vegas together. We've and, talked about this before, though. And we'll we, go we to talked about we talked about just, like all four of us going to Vegas. <laughs> yeah, we should. Maybe, that, maybe we should do an that episode. That would be fun. We'll do a Vegas episode in Vegas. <laughs> sure. Well, well, we can't go during uh, during ABN. <laughs> no, well, or shut down. <laughs> go to Vegas, say. like nothing will be open. So yeah, like, they're not even doing shows right now. So anyway, <laughs> to an erogenous zones. Woo, Um. Yeah, I was saying that uh, strippers know about the inner thigh erogenous oh, zone yep. because every lap dance I've ever gotten from a stripper, they always like take their hands and run them up your thighs, like and yeah. move their thumbs on the inside of your thighs. I would say inner thigh is probably about good for ninety percent of the people. I'd say ninety percent of the people, like you could probably go for their inner thigh, and it's probably going to hit some kind of like. Um, some kind of bell is going to go off. <laughs> yeah. I used to have like a really uh, heavy attraction to thighs. Like, I don't know why. It was just like this phase I went through where I was like into really muscular thighs. If someone had a very like. Like very full, defined. Full you thigh. You could see like all the, all the muscles. I forget all the, I forget all the name of the muscles. It's been forever since I school but yeah like all those like inner muscles and stuff like that were like defined and like showing up yeah i used to be like super attracted to thighs and that was like the first thing i noticed about somebody and then it just disappeared like i don't even pay attention to that anymore mm. but um yeah also back of the knee oh yeah you know just like the inside of the elbow the inside of i the think knee. that should come with a very cautious warning because that's a clear way of getting need in the balls yeah or getting kicked in the face yeah again like that that is one of the spots that i am afraid of like if you touch me there i will probably kick you in the face and have no control over it so having a um older brother when we used to like play and beat the shit out of each other when we were kids he would grab like the back of my knee and like press into it as hard as he could my older brother he's an asshole (laughs) so so it was like we figured all these weird ways like beat the shit out of each other so like my inner knee like i do not like my inner knee being touched ever since then because it's just like i just 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 remember that traumatic experience like that area just reminds me of pain (laughs) fair enough fair enough um the next one is one that I absolutely hate, but uh, <laughs> <What's that? laughs> I will say it anyways, because apparently people really like this is the ankle, mm. uh, which I get it's a very sensitive area. I absolutely 
hate. I hate it. I hate having my ankles touched. <laughs> I hate wearing like shoes that cut into that spot. Like I can't even wear them. I hate those socks that are like ankle socks. That's what I'm wearing right now. I've got <laughs> I've got a weird thing with my ankles weird. where I just like I hate having them touched. It just it irks me. You know, like it sends a shiver down my spine in a bad way. Uh, I I, th- I think for me like ankles is just it's just another body part. It doesn't do anything for me either way. It's not something I don't mind being touched, but like it's not also going to. Or for me personally, it's not going to be like, oh yeah, ooh la la, keep doing that. It's like uh, whatever. It's it's a I don't know. Like ankles to me is not not his own, but <laughs> yeah, for me they're very sensitive, so I could understand how somebody would like that. But you, just, but you don't like it. But me personally, like that is the worst possible thing you could do. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> don't touch my ankles. All right. <laughs> uh, and then that brings us to the feet, the feet and the toes. <laughs> We've made it. We made it the whole way. Uh, yeah. The soles of the feet and the toes. You can lick or suck the toes. Massage. I feet. mean, soles of the feet are super sensitive. So. Yeah. Who doesn't like a good foot massage? <laughs> My wife. No? She, she hates it when her feet are touched. Oh. So she fucking hates it. Touch her feet. She's like, don't touch her feet. <laughs> and then there's foot there's fetishists. That. Uh, some people don't like feet at all and like don't like their feet touched. You know, Some people don't want to look at feet. And there's other people who, as you were saying, foot fetish, who are just all about feet. Yeah, uh, foot fetish is actually a super common. Oh yeah, fetish, which makes me wonder. Like they make they make that. foot sex toys. Yeah, I mean I've they, they make I've jerk off those. toys that are feet. That uh, that is alarming to see, like <laughs> a foot with a vagina in the middle of it. I think but we actually posted that to Twitter one time, and everyone's like, "What the fuck is this?" <laughs> did we post that? On Twitter? I, I think I did. I think I was like drunk late at night, and I was like, "I'm totally I'm like, what the fuck? There's a foot with a vagina on top of the ankle." I'm totally sending that to Twitter. <laughs> Just another unattainable body standard. <laughs> <laughs> a vagina foot. <laughs> Sounds like a shitty punk band. <laughs> Little girls now think they need to grow vaginas in their feet. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, but foot fetish is actually very common. Oh, yeah. Um, like, I wish somebody would pay me for pictures of my feet. They're very pretty, by the way. <laughs> if you want pictures of my feet, <laughs> slide into the FDL DMs. <laughs> I have this theory that most people who are into feet are Pisces. <laughs> Is that a thing? That's the the erogenous zone. Oh. Pisces, the erogenous zone is uh is Pisces is for feet. You know, I have this giant book uh, that Sexology? people, yeah, yeah, that people who are really into that, astrology like call. The actually, Bible. I do a list here for um all the erogenous erogenous zones. <laughs> Sorry, I'm drinking for uh for the zodiac signs. Yeah. Um. So for Aries, which that'd be you, that, that's me. Uh, your your zone is head. It's like <laughs> Not giving scalp. head. No, just no, it's my like head. the scalp and stuff of that. It's all over the head. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I like having my my scalp massage, but the ears and the neck are like my two favorites. Uh, Taurus is neck and throat. 
All right. Uh, Gemini, lungs, shoulders, arms, and hands. Lungs? I, I don't know about lungs. But shoulders, arms, and hands. I knew shoulders were Gemini. Cancer is chest, breast, and stomach. Considering that most female cancers are aligned with like the the mother role, that kind of makes sense. Feminine. Yeah, Leo, heart and upper back. I knew that back was a big thing with Leos. Generally, if you give a Leo a back massage, they're just like putty in your hands. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Date a lot of Leos. <laughs> Virgo, abdomen and digestive system. Digestive system. Whatever that means. <laughs> <laughs> That's not an erogenous zone. <laughs> uh, Virgos can be perfectionists. Their body can be uh, body parts, stomach related means. They will suffer from tissues such as IBS. But as with every sign, there is fun to be had there too. Although typically upright in nature, a Virgo will let you go of their stresses and stimulate their stomach. That's my husband. Um, he does not suffer from IBS. <laughs> <laughs> well, Libra has kidneys and anus. All right. Uh, Scorpio is genitals, which is me. Well, that's supposed to be like which the sexiest. That, uh, which I will say, being a Scorpio, totally sucks having like your genitals being your erogenosome because it's like you're gonna end up there. Yeah, it's like, and so there's different like, like for me, like underneath, like the head. Like right, oh, what's that area called? Oh, the um, frenula. Yes, like that area for me. <laughs> Not just for you, for like I yeah. want. I want to say there's like eight thousand nerve yeah, endings yeah. in the frenula. But like right there for me, like right underneath the tip. Oh fuck. <laughs> That might That's, not be accurate, by the way. Uh, 8,000 was just a number yeah. that popped into my head. Sag but yeah. Sagittarius is hips and thighs. Capcorn is knees and bones. Bones. <laughs> Aquarius is uh, calves, shins, and ankles. Uh, so like legs. And then Pisces is feet. Well, there you go. A lot of those were not erogenous sounds. Like No. The, the kidneys? The digestive system? The digestive system. But yeah. those are also like representing like the body parts that like represent the sign too, though. So. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But I do have the sexology book over there as well, and the sexology <laughs> book dives into the, um, uh, into uh, what is it? The um, shit cusps as well. So dives into all that shit. Oh. Wait. Uh, yeah, just like um, we could probably do a whole episode on sex matching and, uh, astrology. Of, uh, yeah, <laughs> since both of us are into it, we could probably do a whole episode of that. <laughs> we probably could. Yeah, that book goes like super detailed. I I clearly have not read it all. I just have it for reference. It's kind of <laughs> it's kind of like an encyclopedia well, or dictionary type if, book. If you don't know what we're talking about, it's actually a pretty cool book. It's called Sexology. Um, it dives into all the different, like what, what drives each sign wild. And then it's really cool because it also has, um, elements for male to male and female to female. Yeah. So it it's goes very into gay inclusive. Relationship. It goes into gay relationships as long as like straight relationships as well. So it's pretty, pretty good, uh, knowledgeable to have in your repertoire. If you're into that. I, I've reached the end of my list here. Did you want to talk about your fashion? So supposedly, um, <laughs> I don't know. I think this is kind of. Well, we could talk about it's it. It's interesting to a point. 
So apparently there's a theory. Uh, costume historian James Laver, uh, who was born in 1899 to 1975, came up with a theory in the 1930s, which suggests emphasis on dress tends to shift from one endogenous zone of the body to another. Uh, so, for example, if a woman is wearing an off-the-shoulder blouse, the neck and the shoulders are in focus at that point in time. When a miniskirt is worn, legs are the focal point, and so on. His theories uh, further stated that his cycle lasts about seven years before it moves on to another erogenous zone <laughs> of the female body and is ultimately responsible for the shift in fashion trends. So, Every seven years, there's yeah. a new erogenous zone. So, so that's that. That's his. I mean, this came up in like what 1930s. They came up with this theory, but that's why like fashion changes every like ten years or so is because like people have a different erogenous zone. What's your take on that? Um. Yeah, I don't necessarily agree with that. Um. But but it's an interesting point. Uh. I think like, they're pretty much just saying like you're showcasing a place that you want people to pay attention to. Well, it's also like that's that might be like your like your hot zone for that for that time period. So like, oh yeah, I really enjoy my breasts, so I'm going to be wearing shows that like clothes that show off my breasts and later on it might be like, oh, I really enjoy my feet, so then you're going to start wearing more sandals and shit like that, I think. But yeah. But that's what causes fashion trends. I don't know about that. <laughs> I don't know. I, I think you could do a deep dive into what causes fashion trends. And I think you can come up with 5,000 different answers of why fashion trends happen. Yeah. Uh, fashion is kind of over my head. <laughs> 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 I don't know that there's really any rhyme or reason to that. I think it's like a bunch of people that have nothing else to think about but fashion just make these decisions and they're like, yes, now everyone Damn. will like this. We're going to put this like weird looking dress on this heroin addict <laughs> And we're going to charge $10,000 for be, it and, and everybody will want to copy it and, and wear it. This is going to be the fashion for the next nine months. And then yeah. we'll switch on next season. We'll change it to something else. Yeah. So like seven years actually seems like a long time to keep that up. But if you're looking at like uh, decades for for fashion, I guess, you know, it's like every 10 years kind of fashion kind of changes. I would say. <laughs> you remember when like men used to wear crop tops? Do you remember like the 80s, like oh, yeah. Nightmare on Elm Street <laughs> yeah. with Johnny Depp in his like cut off football jersey to like show ah. off the belly button? Like I remember when. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that was, that was a big thing that in the was 80s. That was everywhere. And then it kind of like faded into the 90s. And then the 90s, of course, like the grunge scene happened. So everyone started wearing more baggier clothes. And like, you know, <laughs> in the in the 90s, the men started covering up the belly button. Yes, but the, the women, women started yeah. like, <laughs> we'll take that up for you. <laughs> and then like later on, it got into the 2000s, which then, you know, fashion totally went fucking batshit crazy in the two around late 90s, 2000s. I remember a lot of like holographic yes, and everything puffy was, things. Yes, everything was puffy, holographic and just oversized. Everything was oversized. It's like the 80s big return. Hair was very <laughs> bleached. Yeah, hair was very bleached. But then like, 
And then like the hipster scene thing kind of happens, like the glasses and like lumberjack look and all that shit. And then, so it was like, it went from like very like over the top to like more like realistic, but fashionable. And now I don't know fucking some, I I think now they're just throwing shit at the wall. See what sticks. (laughs) It doesn't even seem like we really even have like a fashion. Well, the new fashion trend this year is masks. That's what it is. Masks and sleepwear. (laughs) <laughs> yeah sleepwear i i haven't worn a real pair of pants or a real bra in like three months <laughs> i think like for 2020 everything has been thrown out the window at this point like sheer is fucked so Say <laughs> um carpe diem so anyway <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think that's an episode <laughs> Is it? Do you have anything else you want to cover? Oh, not necessarily. <laughs> Strings kicked our asses. Mmm, slippery panties. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing gets your panties more slippery than stimulating your erogenous zones. <laughs> so once again, if you have any topics or ideas or if you have anything that you want us to review or anything you want us to check out, you can always drop us an email at ask at frisky tipsy libertines.com um you can also check us online at frisky tipsy libertines.com uh you can also check us up on twitter with libertine show or you can send us uh questions or anything you else have with the show on our twitter using the hashtag ask the libertines yeah if you go to our website too you will be able to get this cocktail recipe and many others from our other episodes as well as there's a few blog things and yeah, oh, no, so some fun stuff just check out our website we have uh sex toy reviews on there we have um you can also get a link to our red bubble so you can get all kinds of uh ftl merch if there's anything you, you know your t-shirts pens buttons stickers Oh, yeah. You can check out our YouTube now, too. Yes, we do have a YouTube channel. Um, we do, like, short cartoon segments from our shows. Yes. So we do uh, highlight segments from our shows on YouTube. <laughs> also, if you have any media you would like for us to be reviewed, uh, be it art, sex toys, uh, written uh, erotica or audio erotica or visual, anything like that, just send us a link and we will review it. Uh, or if you are a alcohol provider that would like to sponsor the show, we would gladly take you up on that. Yes. Um, <laughs> we buy a lot of alcohol here. The alcohol the budget for the show libertines. is uh, pretty ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> so on that note, I'm Scott. And I'm Janet. And you've been listening to the, the Frisky, Frisky Tipsy, Tipsy Libertines, Libertines Podcast. Podcast.